diamonds. Diamonds don't really have real intrinsic value. It's just everybody is just like, yeah, diamonds are fucking shiny and your wife will divorce you if you don't buy them for her. So, you know, but like diamonds aren't really worth like a whole lot in terms of usefulness. Welcome to the Punching Down Podcast with your host, Danny Paulus Chuck. And we're back. Episode 45. Said that very Canadian. 45 of the Punching Down Podcast. Uh, it's weird. Every episode, I, every week, I say what episode number it is. Like, I mean, does it really matter? Would it be better to mark it in time with the date versus the episode? I mean, you know it's what episode it is. It says it in the title. All right, I'm rambling. We started off from rambling. So right now, it's normally I've been releasing this episode on Thursday morning. It's Thursday at 5 p.m., I'm sure some of you were like, where the fuck is the podcast? I'm sure not many of you, but some of you are, the diehards. Uh, and the reason that I didn't, because normally I, you know, I've said before, but because all this shit's happening. But so today, because I've been talking about the stock market a lot, people have been really liking that. So I was like, you know what? We'll keep going with that because people are liking it. Um, so today was the GameStop hearings on uh I'd say it was in Washington, but I watched it. I, I, I watched a lot of it. It wasn't in Washington. It was just a Zoom call. And so it had all the characters. It had, uh, it, was, it was run by Maxine Waters, which I wonder what Trump's name for her was. You know what? You know what's very underappreciated that nobody really talks about is that now Trump's gone. Nobody has nicknames anymore. They just, everybody's just back to their name. You know, it's just, it's Maxine Waters. What was it before? Probably crazy Maxine Waters. Pretty much every nickname that Trump had for anybody was just crazy and then their name. Um, but so it was her. It was uh, Gabe Plotkin, the guy from Melvin Capital. He's the guy who like lost all this money. It was like the Citadel guy. Uh, deep fucking value, obviously the main dude. Deep fucking value, the guy from Reddit, the CEO of Reddit. And then... And then someone else, and then a bunch of people who were just asking them questions. And it was like, it was pretty, I mean, oh, I wouldn't, oh yeah, and then of course, the CEO of, of Robinhood, how could I forget, old Vlad the Stock Impaler, as Elon Musk referred to him, uh, funny enough. So he was on, and they, he was getting mostly grilled, and then they would ask, uh, they were just asking him what happened. So basically to save you hours of watching this. Essentially what they knew was the case. He's just like, Vlad was like, yeah, the regulation, you know, there's all this regulation and the regulation was such that we had to, uh, uh, we, we had to restrict buying. And, and the fact is it worked out. Like, I mean, that's what nobody can really get over is the fact is it worked out so well for the quote unquote bad guys in this scenario. Like the people who were made out to be the villains, you know, the, the ones who were on the ropes and, and they were getting fucked. Like they were, it just worked out so perfectly for them because they were like, and that's what Vlad said. Cause they were like, why'd you do that? And he's like, well, you know, we wouldn't want to, we wouldn't want to stop people from being able to sell their shares. You don't want to, cause he's like, you don't want to take their money from them by stopping them from, but, but we had to stop them from buying the shares even though the effect of buying the shares was, you know, you rob people on paper because you just caused the share of GameStop to tank. Um, GameStop, by the way, is at $40 today. If you're still holding GameStop, sell it. I've said this every week for the past month. If you have it, cut your losses. 
I can't believe I bought it at $315 a share. What the fuck was I thinking? I mean, I know what I was thinking. I, like I said on that, at the first time I bought it, I bought it as a hedge. I, I bought a tiny amount of it, a very tiny amount of it. I bought it as a hedge against craziness, you know, a possible contagion in the market, I guess, in the event that the short squeeze got out of hand. It, it worked as as expected, I guess. I don't know. I lost a bunch of money on it, but I guess I could say that I, I got to be part of the of the GameStop the rebellion, the people who are still calling it a rebellion too. You're like, dude, it wasn't a rebellion. It's like mostly the people who made money in all this are just hedge funds. It's like, yes, one hedge fund lost a bunch of money. Tons of hedge funds made a ton of money. And then a bunch of retail traders got fucked. Um, last episode, I was like, where's deep fucking value? And he was there. Keith Gill, deep fucking value, roaring kitty. He was at this Senate hearing, uh, opened with a, with a, a lighthearted joke. Where he said, he goes, I'm not a cat, which was uh, a reference to that lawyer who uh, was had the cat filter stuck on his uh, Zoom thing when he was like doing like a, I don't, I don't even know what it was. But it was that viral video where the guy's like, I'm not a cat. And they're like, yes, we can see you're not a cat. So anyways, he came in, they were asking him what happened. He's like, you know, he gave this whole story of his life. He's like, you know, my dad was a truck driver. I'm from rural Massachusetts. I'm the first, first guy in my family to graduate from college uh you know and he's just like yeah i got into investing and you know doing all the research and digging into it and i felt that uh gamestop was a buy and so i bought it and you know and i lost money but then i just kept doing it and and he's like i didn't know this would start like how it would come to this and uh and then this one guy i don't know who asked him but he's like would you buy gamestop now He's like, or he's like, are you buying GameStop? The way he weirded it was kind of weird. But he's like, are you buying GameStop right now? And obviously he's not buying more shares of GameStop. That would be fucking insane. But like there was a class action loss or not a class action lawsuit. There's a lawsuit against him. Um, I think this was, this was a couple of days ago. Uh, a lawsuit basically trying to like, I think is suing. I think they're suing him or someone's trying to sue him for basically. Yes. Yeah, is uh he's being sued for securities fraud by did I talk about this last week? I think I did. No, I didn't talk about this last week. Yes, yeah, so he's being sued by securities fraud by basically so there's like in in you know like ambulance chasers like for lawyers uh that was like the old trope where like literally they would chase an ambulance and they would try and represent the person and uh, there, there's, there's an equivalent in, in the investing world, ambulance chasers, where they just, they see a thing and then they'll, they'll just in advance of anything, they'll just try and get some sort of like settle, you know, class action lawsuit going or whatever. Like I recently owned shares of this, uh, this company called CLCT, which was taken private. They, they were bought out and they were like, um, a sports authentication company. They're like with grade baseball cards, which speaking of which I actually have, uh, a sports, I'll, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but I have a, another podcast. So I do this, this, uh, website that I work on hard money. And so they have a podcast called a uh, million dollar podcast on hard money, which it's, uh, this guy Enrique who like used to run a hedge fund and Matt, who's like the founder of hard times. And they're trying to turn $10,000 into a million dollars. They started like two weeks ago. They got that $10,000 to over 20 grand. Like, and it's like, you know, it's not like, Oh, we're going to go like safe and steady just buying railroads. They're like doing some, you know, buying warrants and options. But so, uh, 
So I've I've been dabbling in the sports. So when I was a kid, I was really into like sports cards and shit. And then I just was like, stopped giving a fuck. And then I started kind of like, oh, we got an, someone died in my neighborhood. Um, maybe like six months ago, I'd kind of been watching it for the past year. And then six months ago, I started noticing like that the collectibles market was just getting insane. And and I can tell you right now, like, and so I've been buying some things here and there, mostly just you know I have a little bit of money now, so I've just been buying like cards of of players i liked when i was a kid like the card i would have wanted like you know i bought a vince carter rookie it's like the card i would have wanted when i was 12 but i couldn't afford then but it the market is so mental right now so it's like there's all these cards that i bought that are like not even exaggerating have gone up five times since i bought them three months ago or like even a month ago like like it's fucking nuts but so they want to start a because i've been i've been getting deeper and deeper into it i've been getting into that so i know i talked about it last week i was just like nba top shot it's fucking crazy i'm gonna talk about that shortly uh but anyway so we're gonna be doing a podcast like a more collectibles theme podcast where we're gonna put in 10 grand maybe we're gonna we're gonna see if the, the bosses are gonna get us some more money because these these fat cats who run this website, they got a couple shekels. So we're gonna see if we can get some more, and we're gonna we're gonna start investing in collectibles and see how much we can turn that shit into, or lose it all. I mean, the thing is, is if you're watching, you're just, or you're listening, you're like, man, losing it all. That's almost as entertaining. You almost want to see them lose it all. It depends how much you like the person, but you know, it's one thing if you're like, if it's a sympathetic person and and you know they need the money to feed their families. But I don't have a fucking family, so. I mean, Enrique does. He's got a shit ton of kids, so maybe he doesn't want to lose the money. But we'll see. Anyways, back to Keith Gill. So they they ask him. He he's being sued. And yeah, yeah. So anyways, this is what I was saying. So this I had this shares of a collectible company, uh, CLCT, and then and then Steve Cohen, the guy who's like one of the villains in the whole fucking GameStop thing, they they put a buy off a buyout to buy this company at $75.25 a share after it had closed the previous Friday for like 73. It was a terrible deal. Terrible deal. So then all of a sudden, because I'm a shareholder, all these just like lawyers are just like uh, uh, law firms are like doing these like, you know, they're, they're trying to get signatures for like a class action lawsuit to sue because it was like a bad deal. But like they just do these preemptively and then, you know, and they try and see like, you know, maybe maybe there's something there. And, and you know, you don't pay them anything. They're like, you don't have to pay us. You just have to be a plaintiff or whatever or uh, yeah, a plaintiff on the lawsuit. And then if we can get some money, we'll split it with you kind of thing. And they just take a huge chunk. But, you know, they're 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 essentially like stock market ambulance chasers. So this guy is getting sued. But so they asked him, they're like, would you buy? And he's like. He's like, yes. He's like, it's still a good buy. It is not a fucking good buy. They asked the other guy, Gabe Plotkin, who's on the other side of this trade, the guy who's short. Who, and again, it's like these guys have been incre- recently like increasing their short position. Now that the squeeze is over, they're like, yeah, we're back to shorting this piece of shit company. Uh, like, you know, not to the same extent as before, but the, but they're back to it. And uh, so then they asked him and he's like, yeah, we've been shorting this since like 2014. The company is like in so many, so many, has so many problems. Like, they went from earning $3 a share to losing $3 a share, which is like, you know, it's a big difference. It's like, you know, you, huge difference. It's, you went from being a company that made money to a company that loses a shit ton of money every year. But uh, this dude, Roaring Kitty, Keith Gill, was like, yes, he's like, I'd still buy. But he's obviously not still buying more. That would be fucking insane. And then on the news of this, I don't know if this was just, you know, everybody thought that, something was going to come of this, but the stock 
because it was like around even flat during this whole thing. The market was down a lot today, or at least certain segments of the market were like the really like high, high flying areas of the market were down. Um, but so he, uh, he's like, yeah, I'd buy it. But anyways, the stock tanked. So, uh, I, I keep saying every week that the GameStop thing's over and it just gets worse and worse. And I mean, if you've been holding on to it, I feel bad for you. AMC looked like it was doing better though. But I said that on the first time I go, you know what, if you want to, ha- if you want to be a bag holder for AMC for the next 10 years, you're probably fine. It doesn't look like they're going to go bankrupt. It just might not be a great investment. Like, like if you bought AMC at, you know, $20, like, yeah, you might be legitimately back to even sometime in 2022 or 2023. But if you have some money, I would recommend if you're going to, this is my advice on AMC. If you're going to hold it, just average down. By the way, this is not financial advice. Keith Gill kept saying that too. He said it like 10 times. He's like, just so you know, this is not financial advice. I'm not an investment advisor. This is just my opinion. It's for educational purposes, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but yeah, if you own AMC and for whatever reason you're, you're holding just double down or something, I don't know. And if you bought it, of course, in the, you know, the teens, cause it's going to be a while before it gets back there. I would guess, um, I am not, I don't even know if I need to give updates on this stuff, but I sold most of my, so the day that, and I talked about this too on the podcast, the day that I feel like this podcast is not turning into just like my stock updates, but, uh, the day that. Um, what was it? Robinhood restricted trading. And then I was like, oh, I was like, you know, here's a pretty good case for Bitcoin. So then I bought uh, all these st- Bitcoin related stocks that day. And then I told myself, I'm like, you know what? And this is when Bitcoin was around like 31,000. I was like, I'll, I'll sell it when, it was f- when it's 50,000. It hit 50,000 this week. So I sold all my, all my stocks related to Bitcoin. Um, and then uh, who knows? I might revisit that, but it's just, it's, it's, gone up too far too fast i was doing a high society radio podcast chris from brooklyn and bronx johnny and chris stanley i did their podcast maybe like two weeks ago and yeah i think it was two or three weeks ago and then they were like asking me about all this because i you know i know about all this stuff and they were like i told them that i bought bitcoin and they're like yeah they're like we think bitcoin could hit 50 grand you think bitcoin will hit 50 grand this year i'm like it's gonna hit 50 grand this month i was correct by fucking more than Two, I gave it to the end of February. It hit it by like February fourteenth or something. So, fifteenth. So there you go. Uh, what else? Okay, so NBA Top Shot. I just want to talk about this briefly, uh, or maybe more than briefly. No, I'll talk about this briefly. Okay, so last weekend I was like, or last week's podcast, I was like, I don't get this thing. I don't get NBA Top Shot. They're like, I'm into sports collectibles. I'm into sports. I'm like, I don't, why do you buy a clip of a moment of somebody playing, you know, doing a dunk in basketball? And I like sports. So like it appeals to me. These are the, and it's from the same company that did CryptoKitties, which if you know CryptoKitties, and I'm, I've been learning a bit more about blockchain and stuff. It's fucking comes at you fast. I have no idea what's going on with this shit, but, and it's, it's a lot to digest, but so. This is the same company. They're called Dapper Labs. They created CryptoKitties a few years ago because they want to do these like non-fungible tokens, which is like you you might have heard of this because it's really getting it's really gaining some steam. Okay, so this non-fungible tokens thing is it's like you know digital art where you own the art and it's they're really challenging like what you know what a collectible is. What does it mean to own something? How do you value things? And I said last week, I'm like, it very much feels like the emperor has no clothes where like, you're just meant to, 
you're meant to understand it and not kind of question it. But I mean, I feel like I guess there's a lot of things like that, like, like you know, diamonds. Diamonds don't really have real intrinsic value. It's just everybody is just like, yeah, diamonds are fucking shiny and your wife will divorce you if you don't buy them for her. So, you know, but like diamonds aren't really worth like a whole lot in terms of usefulness. We just kind of agree that they have this value and then the supply of them is greatly restricted by the De Beers cartel, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, go check out, you know, De Beers, like Diamond is Forever. They're not even allowed to advertise anymore in North America because of how shady their business practices are. If you remember, like, if you're my age, I'm 37, there used to be De Beers commercials all the time, remember, where it was like, da-na-na-na-na, and then there it would be like all like the shadowy, and then it would be like just a diamond. It was like, you know, pretty uh, classic, classic, uh, marketing campaign and then they're like you don't see them anymore because they're not allowed to advertise because they're such a shady business and they're they're a literal cartel like by definition so uh but anyways so this nba top shot thing so because i've been getting interested in cryptocurrency i I started just like and i and i saw that nba top shot was like they did 50 million dollars worth of transactions in the month of january so i was like that's regardless of how you feel about this thing you're like that's pretty impressive. It's the fastest growing like crypto thing ever. I was like, that's pretty crazy. I'm just going to start looking into this more. I'm not like a believer, whatever. Okay. So I started looking into this. The whole thing is underpinned NBA top shot by this token called flow, which so, so I was like, you know, this flow token is essentially what makes this whole network work. And I see how pot, you know, you go on Twitter, everybody's loving NBA Top Shot. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe the play here is I'm going to buy this flow token, right? So I go into Coinbase, which is where I have my account. I look it up. You can't buy flow tokens. You can't buy them. They don't, they don't cover them, or carry them at all. So I'm like, okay. So then I go look and there's this website called Kraken. It's like a different crypto exchange. So they carry them. So I go, okay, I'm going to go look into Kraken. So then I, and so I had a little bit of Bitcoin. I had like a, you know, uh, a, a little bit of Bitcoin, a little bit of Ethereum. I hadn't, I had one Ethereum that I bought at like $400, you know, whatever, like a couple months ago. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to convert my Ethereum into this flow token, which is worth, you know, $1,800. And then I had a little bit of Bitcoin. So I was like, it was about $3,000 total. I'm like, I'm going to put it in this flow token. So I trans, I opened this Kraken account. They have flow. I transfer it all in. I go to buy it. They go, you're not allowed to buy it if you live in U.S. or Canada. So I go, well, well, fuck me, right? And the thing is to transfer it from Coinbase into Kraken is like a transaction fee on the you know Bitcoin Ethereum network. So I just lost a little bit of it. I probably lost, I don't know, 20 or 30, 20 bucks or something just to try and get it into my Kraken account. Then I started doing more research. The only place you could buy, so I had to go open this account. It's called like Hubie. By the way, this is not financial advice. Do not follow me into this. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to get fucking, I don't want to be like subpoenaed by Maxine Waters and I have to explain why I told my listeners to buy NBA Top Shot or whatever the fuck. But so I I go and then I had to open this account. It's called Hubie. It's like H-U-O-B-I. Pretty sketchy. It's like a Singapore, like Hong Kong exchange. Open this account, transfer my money, my Ethereum and my Bitcoin from Kraken into Hubie, pay another fee just to move it around at which point I can buy it. It's like the only exchange as far as I can tell that you can buy this token. As of this writing, I bought it at about $18. It's it's pretty volatile. Um, I think, and I was like, I just was like, really, I was like, I, I gotta buy this shit. I think had I just kept it in Bitcoin and Ethereum, I would have had more money, but I just wanted to buy these things. So let's see what I'm at here. Let's see what it's at here. I'm just checking live. 
This is this is what kind of podcast this has become. So it's at nineteen dollars and twenty seven cents. So I'm doing okay, but I think I sold my Bitcoin to to tr- swap it in when Bitcoin was like fifty thousand ish. So and Bitcoin's at fifty two thousand and. Ethereum's almost at 2000 and it was 1800 So yeah, probably not doing great. I would have been better off just keeping it, but whatever. It is what it is. Flow tokens at 1927 its all-time high is uh, 2020, which I fully expect that to make a new high soon because my theory is once you can buy this shit on Coinbase, and the fact is like... So, so this whole Top Shot thing, I'll go back to this, but... So I was like, you know what? I'm going to go look into NBA Top Shot because I'm interested in this token. I'd like to know how this whole system works. So I open an account with NBA Top Shot and they do these like pack drops where you can buy a pack of digital cards. It's literally fake basketball cards that there's just like a little moment. Um, so, and they do a, like once a week, roughly, you can buy a pack. It's $14. They vary. They had ones two weeks ago where they were $999. They sold down a second. Now they have ones they're like $14. This this last week they had one that are $14. They're like, we're going to, uh, it was this week actually. They're like, um, this past Monday, they're like, we're going to sell a pack at uh, 3 p.m. Eastern. So I go on the site at 3 p.m. And the way it works is you just go into like a waiting room. They give you a, a, a random spot in line. And if you're one of the first 45,000 people, you get one. The site completely crashes. It's a fucking disaster. You can't log in, nothing. So they're like, look, there's the demand so high. They're like, we didn't expect this. We'll be back at, eight o'clock so eight o'clock comes around i go into the waiting room i get one of the packs there's like probably eighty thousand people trying to get one of these forty-five thousand packs pretty crazy demand and for me i'm like yeah that's that's why i would want to buy the token right because i'm like the token is what makes this whole thing work so as far as i understand i could be completely wrong about this by the way too i could be so wrong but in my head i'm like yeah you want to own this token because this like whether you believe in these nba top shot moments or not like it's a real thing that people are spending crazy fucking money on. So anyways, so I get one of these packs, $14. Basically the way these packs work is you get five cards in a pack. One is uh, like a rare er one. And then one is, and then you get four just like common cards where there's like, and, and so each moment has a serial number. So uh, they'll be out of like, I was thinking about maybe just giving one away to someone. You know what? I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this right now. I'm going to announce on this podcast, I wasn't going to do this, but I'm, uh, but I am going to do this just because I'm now talking about this and they're transferable. The sites had so many issues too, where it's like such a pain in the ass. Okay. I'm only going to give this away to somebody on YouTube. That's the deal because I'm trying to grow my YouTube following. So and I apologize if it doesn't work. No, this should work. You just basically subscribe to my YouTube channel and comment on this video comment on this video if you want one of the, and i'm going to transfer you one of these top shots i'm going to transfer you uh who am i going to transfer you i'm going to transfer you uh jeremy grant okay jeremy grant what do these go for right now i probably i might be kicking myself but uh jeremy grant this thing is, oh no, it's only worth $3. That seems low. No, $10. So this thing's worth 10 bucks, okay? If, if you wanted to buy one of these right now, it's $10. Jeremy Grant, a dunk. He plays for 
the Detroit Pistons. Uh, he's having a pretty good season. I think he's the son or uncle or nephew of Horace Grant, former NBAer. Anyways, a Jeremy Grant dunk. If you comment on this, I'm going to pick one person. I'm going to send them my Jeremy Grant. It's worth ten dollars. Uh, sweet deal for you. And all you got to do is just subscribe to the channel, like the video, and uh, and then I'll, I'll pick somebody and comment that you want this or whatever the fuck. I don't know. This this whole thing sounds insane to me. I know. But so, anyway, so I got five cards in this pack. Um, A lot of people were angry because they're like, this isn't working. Okay, the cards in the pack were $14. You can instantly just go sell them all for like 200 bucks within a second. The rare one I got was this guy, PJ Washington. I know people are like, what the fuck pod did this podcast turn into? And they're like, when we're talking about digital basketball cards, I promise we're going to get to all the other stuff shortly. But, uh, the PJ Washington card, I went and I listed it for $135. It's a P, like PJ Washington. Like, I don't know how, if, how many people here are like sports fans. He's like, I don't know. He's like one of the, I don't know. I don't even know if he starts for the Charlotte Hornets, but it was one of the rarer ones. I listed it. It was sold within 30 seconds for $135. I then went and bought a Vince Carter one the other, because I was like, this is crazy. So I went and bought a Vince Carter one, because I love Vince Carter, as I mentioned earlier, because of Toronto Raptors, even though he fucked us. But, you know, water under the bridge. Bought a Vince Carter uh, one. It's currently doubled in price. I bought it yesterday morning. Or, yeah, I think I bought it yesterday morning. Or, like, Tuesday, late Tuesday night. It's currently doubled in price. It's his only one. It's, it's worth quite a bit of money. Um, so, anyways, NBA Top Shot. Don't know what's going on with that. But on our other podcast, which I'll talk about here, is we're definitely going to uh, be buying some of these NBA Top Shot things. So, but again, I, I, is, is there any staying power in this? I don't know. I fully expect... There's 50% of me is I'm like, these things are going to be worth nothing. And I'm going to look back and be like, remember that time you were such a fucking idiot? Because like, the, 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 you know, they, they always talk about when you're in a bubble, which I, we are clearly the stock market and kind of most assets are in a bubble right now for sure. I think it's because the, you know, the governments are printing so much money that it has to go somewhere. And so it's inflating kind of everything, which is why people have money to buy fucking digital basketball cards. But, uh... You know, you always get these signs where you go, is this a sign that we're in a bubble? Is this a sign? Like the classic one is uh, Jack Kennedy, like JFK's dad, like right before the depression was getting his shoe shined and his shoe shine boy started giving him stopped stock tips being like, hey, you should buy this stock. And he's like, I'm buying this. And he's like, if my shoe shine boy is giving me stock tips, we're probably near the end of this bubble. And he went and he sold all his stocks and then the market just like completely crashed. Right. So part of me is I'm like, this must be just we must be near the top and we're about to just the air is going to come out of this bad boy because I'm fucking dropping real money on fake digital basketball cards. But then there's also an element where. People are like, look, if digital basketball cards are a real thing in the future that people actually care about, then, you know, it'd probably be pretty valuable that you got the first ones. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm kind of just, as they say, plugging my nose and uh, I'm not going to get too crazy with it, but we might on the podcast get on the other podcast, get insane with these things, but I'll, I'll keep you updated. Okay. That's it for finance, sports, not sports, but, uh, that stuff we're over with. Okay, Texas. Let's talk about Texas. Um, pretty crazy what's going on. I have some friends in Texas. Shout out to all my friends in Texas, uh, in Austin area, who I've been talking with them. They, some of them don't have power. If you're in downtown Austin, they have power. But So Texas got hit with 
just, I don't know, like a foot of snow, something crazy. Like if you go on TikTok, there's all these people in like Dallas whose houses are just destroyed. They essentially got hit with what, you know, it's funny because in Canada, they would be like, oh, that's that's cute. You got eight inches of snow. They're, they have no infrastructure set up to deal with snow at all. Like this is the equivalent of getting just hit by an earthquake. Like, you know, none of their, none of their like, uh, like if infrastructure is like weatherproof for snow because they don't get snow like this. So, and they don't have snow plows, nothing is, is a fucking nightmare for so many people. Like my, uh, my friend, Aaron, like he's got a newborn baby. He's like, we don't have power. We don't have like Houston. They had to do a boil water. Like notice where like, if you, if you need to drink tap water because like this, it's fucking everything up. You need to boil your tap water just to drink it. It's like third world shit, really. Like what's going on in Texas. Like, you know, there's food lines, bread lines, all this stuff. So it is pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, they're running out of power. Power is like, is, is going for like crazy amounts. Like I just heard on CNBC yesterday that like some people are paying the equivalent of like, this is for natural gas or for electricity. But, um, if you compare it to gasoline, it's like $880 a gallon what the equivalent price for whatever electricity like kilowatts I, I don't exactly know how that works but it's some pretty crazy shit now granted it's supposed to be like 75 degrees next week it's just like this cold random cold snap uh but so it is it's pretty crazy what's going on in texas uh that they're they're getting this, this cold winter i feel like all the people too like like all the people who moved from California to Austin and like, you know, there's this whole movement of people going to Austin and they felt like they were like, yeah, we're really fucking getting one past everyone here. This was like a little bit of a comeuppance for all the, the smarmy people, not smarmies, maybe not the right word. Cause like probably is a decent move, but you know, people in California are really enjoying all their friends who like moved to Austin and are currently like without power. And they're like, yeah, you shouldn't have left California. You fucking moron. Even though this is probably, you know, once in, However, many year event, pretty rare. I don't think it's ever happened in Austin. I mean, this kind of stuff happens. I remember it happened in Atlanta maybe five years ago or something. They got like an inch of snow and it just shut everything down. They're like, nobody knows how to drive in the snow. Uh, just tons of accidents. Like it just, they, they can't handle it. It's like, you know, you get snow days. Whereas in like places that have snow, they're like, they'll get two feet of snow and it doesn't do shit. They're like, yeah, we'll just get it out of the way. Business as usual. Uh, old Teddy Cruz was in the news old in the news, Ted Cruz. Uh, he, I, I actually, it was interesting. So this is like, this has been a pretty quick developing story. Ted Cruz, uh, is a Senator. He's not a Congressman. He's a Senator from Texas. He, uh, so it's like the middle of this, like a massive crisis where like, you know, people are literally dying. People are running out of food. People don't have power. They don't have water, all this stuff. And then someone's like, yeah, Ted Cruz is on my flight. Uh, going to Cancun with his family right now. And people are like, what the fuck? And then all these people on Twitter were like, yeah, that's not Ted Cruz. It just looks like him, but it's not. And then, and it just blew up on Twitter. And then it turns out it was Ted Cruz. And he, cause he got busted at the airport. He's just like in, it's so crazy. Cause you're just like in the middle of, and people, and some people like this guy, Dinesh D'Souza, if you don't know him, he's like that crazy right wing dude. He's like, uh, he's like, you know what? Like Ted Cruz is actually doing, Texans a favor because he's not like consuming water and resource valuable resources that uh, Texans might need like electricity and water because he's going to Cancun on vacation or like you your fucking mind like just the 
just the act of like leaving. You're like, you're the the senator. You can't just peace out. And now some people were like, well, maybe he had a vacation planned in advance and it's just such a bummer to cancel a vacation. And you're like, yeah, this is maybe an extenuating circumstance. Maybe just like push the vacation off like a week. And then, and I'm sure he could do his job of being the senator because let's face it, these guys don't do fuck all anyways, but I'm sure he could do his job. I'm sure this, I would imagine he won't get reelected based on just this alone. Who knows? But uh, definitely a bad look. And then the next, like this morning, they were like, all right, we caught Ted Cruz. He's back on a flight to Texas. And his um, his excuse, which this is like, you know, politicians are fucking liars. They make They are just nonstop spouting shit out of their mouth. So then because he got busted, he goes, oh, no, no, I wasn't going on vacation. My daughters were off school for the week because of... Uh, because of this storm. So they, they're going, he's like, they wanted to go with their friends to Cancun, Mexico. And he's like, I was just going to accompany them on the flight to make sure they got there safe. So that is fucking nonsense. Okay. First off, because I recently wanted to go to Mexico. If you go to Mexico, you have to get a COVID test to get back into the U.S., even if you're Ted Cruz. So you're trying to tell me you're just going to escort them on a flight to Mexico, land and go, okay, great. Glad you got here safe. Bye. Like he completely got busted, literally going on a vacation to Mexico in the middle of a crisis. Like one, it's a pandemic, but whatever in Texas, they don't give a shit about the pandemic really. So I'm sure nobody's even, but you're like, this is like a real like state of emergency. It's like, <laughs> like even if you, you know, even if you feel you can do your job, I'm sure there are things he can do from Texas. That is just pretty crazy pretty bad look and you know he tried to like sneak it by he was hoping nobody would notice he was just piecing out to fucking cancun for a week and then on the way back too he was wearing like he had like a, a like a gray face mask that they photoed with him on the way to cancun and then when he's in the airport in cancun on the way back to texas he's wearing like a state a texas state flag the thing is everybody hates him already but this was like what are you doing pal uh Okay, that's uh, so. That's what's going on with Texas. If any listeners in Texas, um, good luck with all this. Sounds like it really fucking sucks. Also, if you're listening to a podcast, get your priorities in order. Why are you listening to a podcast right now? Although maybe there's nothing to do, so you need to listen to podcasts. At, at which point, you're welcome. I don't know what that means. Um, Rush Limbaugh died. Rush Limbaugh wasn't really ever a Rush Limbaugh fan. Um, he had. Uh, Although the I didn't really know a ton about him. I just knew he's like this conservative dude. But it's it's interesting, like and and I'm not the type of person, like someone who I hate could die. I'm not like gonna be publicly celebrating someone's death. Even like, you know, if someone's like in a Hitler territory, maybe, but like I just feel like it's just such a bad look, but not left wing Twitter, that's for sure. Left wing Twitter, uh they were, and again, he, uh, people really hated him, but there's one, you know, there's one weird thing to like, um, yeah, like there's one weird thing to be like, you know, I'm glad he's dead, but people were really like celebrating he's, he was dead, you know, and it's like, he's dead. But so, uh, it came up. So people started talking about all these like things, um, he was doing. And so. 
they were talking about like they're like yeah he's uh he was a bad dude and we should celebrate his death and then it came out that he uh <laughs> um and he from the sounds of it he's basically just like an edgy podcaster like he would just be like a podcaster you would hear on like compound media or like gas digital or something like something of that sort so he had a, a segment called aids um uh, aids update that he did in like the 80s that he would just mock the death of gay people with aids which is you know not like uh, i'm not like oh that's hilarious um and this is this is a people's defense. There's this really weird like eye for an eye mentality. It's like nobody's trying to like take the high road anymore. Everybody's just like everybody just wants revenge. I feel like this is like we we live in such a revenge culture right now, where like nobody is like you know what I'm gonna take the high road. I'm not you know this person like mocked people when they died. I'm not gonna do that. And now we're just at the point where people are like yeah you're like that guy mocked people when they died. I'm going to mock him when he died. And you're like, okay. I'm like, I guess it's just such a weird, weird way to live because it's like, like, yeah, great. So you're going on Twitter and just like dunking on this dude for all your like left wing friends. It's like, it's just this echo chamber of everybody being like, aren't we glad Rush Limbaugh died? And you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, he's dead. He would, uh, but I mean, AIDS update is like, doesn't that sound like something that would just be on like the Howard Stern show too? Everybody on the left loves Howard Stern because he repented. Um, and then they're talking about this on Newsweek and they go, Limbaugh did in fact have a radio segment on his show in which he mocked people dying of AIDS. He would chastise militant homosexuals for their disrespectful behavior. And shortly thereafter began broadcasting irreverent and tasteless AIDS update segments introduced by Dion Warwick's I'll never love this way again. I mean, like on paper, that's funny. Like it's obviously really cruel, but like just the idea of a segment on your like not like this is not a podcast. This guy was on terrestrial radio in the morning doing a segment called the AIDS update. Man, you could do fucking anything in the eighties. That's crazy. Could you imagine doing that? Like I, there, there are podcasters who would get in trouble for just doing AIDS update on their fucking podcast. Like this guy was just straight up just like AM radio, nine thirty AM. Just, Hey, here's our AIDS update and fucking Dion Warwick playing. So anyways, but we are this whole weird thing about the the revenge culture. I do find weird because, you know, you it's just we're at this point where everybody just wants wants the revenge. I don't know. I feel like Trump brought that out of people too. I feel like before Trump, people were a little more like taking the high road and then Trump made everybody be like, "No, we have to take the low road." I think it was like the what was it? Michelle Obama It's like when we go, when they go low, we go high and then now it's just like they're like when we go low and they're like we also go low because we want revenge. It's a weird tack to take, but uh, is what it is. Last week, I spoke about... Um, this was in the news, so I'm going to bring this up. I spoke about the racism against Asians and how Asians are basically like white people and it's okay to be racist against them. And then, boom, this week, we get blessed again with more stuff. Um, a company, a Silicon Valley Bay Area tech company, wrote a, uh, an article or no, a job posting on um, LinkedIn. But apparently they're based in like India or something. So they have a lot of like, but you know, Indian people are definitely can be uh, racist and stuff. And then in the application, it straight up says non-Asian. They go, you can't have, uh, you straight up says um, a data analyst job description, non-Asian. That's not really a job description is to be non-Asian. 
like you think that would go like it says non-Asian DA data analyst SQL Python some BI reporting dashboard Tableau or no visa issue five to ten years. It's weird that they led with non-Asian. Like you're like maybe if if there is a reason, which I'm sure there's not, but to specifically, and then they're like, oh, this is just a mistake. Uh, you know, it's just a it's, um, it's just an error, and you know. And and then people were like in the comments, they were like, well, you know, maybe like it was because they have a lot of Asians and you're like, you can't just write non-Asian. But so Asians are really getting fucked. Um, But you know what? They're kind of, they're kind of uh, making it back because, you know, success is the best revenge and they're doing well. Unless they're, except for those Asians who aren't doing well. And then you're like, you're just getting doubly fucked, you know, like, because everybody's like, well, look how good Asians are doing. Yeah. But you're like, there's lots of ones that aren't doing well. And then they're just like, so wait, we're getting discriminated and we're. Not doing well. That's that's not fair. Um, what else we got? Oh, uh, a little a little vaccine action. This is back to sports, sports time. NBA as well. So, um, in the NBA, there's an article on ESPN that many top NBA players are hesitant to promote the coronavirus vaccine because I guess nobody in the NBA has got the vaccine yet because they don't want to like make them skip the line. Um, because that'll look bad, and then. I mean, there's probably like lots of NBA players who are like, I'm not getting the fucking vaccine. I'm like 23 years old, perfectly healthy. There's one player so far, Jason Tatum on Boston, who was like, got he he actually got COVID recently, and he was like, yeah, he's like, I, I was definitely like felt it impacting my breathing. Besides him, like literally, you know, I'm sure half the league has got it at this point, and they're like, they're fine. They're all super healthy young people. Um, but so the NBA is basically trying to like force them to get the, uh, the vaccine. I mean, I can tell you like Kyrie Irving, he's like a really like, not a conspiracy guy, but I guarantee you he's not getting the fucking vaccine and he definitely is not going to be promoting the vaccine. Um, but it's funny because I guess, uh, like, you know, African American community has been disproportionately affected by COVID, but then this article is essentially saying that they're also like less likely to get the vaccine because they just like don't trust it and all that shit. I mean, that's I guess there's those Tuskegee experiments, so all the all those time ago. So then now they're like, hey, NBA, can you just like help us get make make it cool to get the vaccine? And all these players are like, I don't want to do that. Players think it like might fuck up their performance, and I mean, I can't tell you like lots of people get pretty sick from that second shot. There is a real thing where when you get that second COVID dose, you might have, the next twenty four hours, and I know this from like not firsthand experience because I haven't got it, but a bunch of people, uh, like friends of friends who like have have received the second dose of the vaccine, they're fine now, but that first twenty four hours is shitty. Uh, it's not great. Okay. Um, what are we at here? Oh, I have 40 minutes. Okay. I want to talk about Mike Ward, Mike Ward, the Canadian comedian. Um, so if you don't know who Mike Ward is, uh, he's a, I've spoken about this before. He's a comedian from Quebec. If you don't know where Quebec is, it's the French province in Canada. He, um, like 10 years ago was doing this joke. He was, he was just doing it in Here's the thing, okay? He was doing it in his act, uh, in private, and like I think it was online, but he was never like this is never like a special. It wasn't like on Netflix. I think it was it was in French, and he was doing a joke about I've spoken about this before, but it was about this kid who has um, 
a disease called Treacher Collins syndrome that was going to make him die. And the kid was like a his name was Jeremy Gabriel. The kid was like a singer, and he was like famous in Quebec because Quebec has their own like fame system where people like are just famous in Quebec or whatever. So, uh, so anyways, he was doing this this bit between 2010 and 2013. Made fun of this kid. Basically, the joke was that. Uh, or is it a joke? Oh, see, it's interesting depending on um, what site you read this for, like certain sites. So it's like the Toronto Sun. Sorry, I'm going to pull this up. Basically, the joke was the kid was supposed to die. So then he was getting like this make a wish kind of shit where he got to like sing with Celine Dion and for the Pope. And so the joke um, was that, uh, where's the, where the exact joke? Uh, I can't find it, but basically he was, he was made fun of and, uh, and the joke was like, he's like, yeah, this kid was supposed to die. He's like, we, uh, he's like, I'm going to go drown him myself because he was supposed to, you know, we, we put up with all this shit because he was supposed to die, but he hasn't died and he's still alive now. So anyways, in Canada, you can sue someone for a joke you don't like. You can take them to like, oh, it's essentially, they have this thing called the human rights tribunal, which is mostly for like like for job stuff where it's like if you're at a job and someone like says something racist or like you get fired for being black or whatever like you can you know there's recourse for it which isn't a bad thing but it's just getting in this case kind of being taken to the nth worst example so this uh this kid's mom they basically sued mike ward this comedian had a settlement against them they won a settlement for forty five thousand dollars that he had to pay $45,000 just for a joke he told in like a club and online about this kid who like this kid is like not like a private citizen who he like went and found at the mall. Like this kid was like, you know, he does a joke in a club and he goes, he mentions this kid, Jeremy Gabriel. Everybody in the audience knows who he's talking about. None of us know who he's talking about, but everybody in the club knows. So it's like this kid is a public figure. Yes, he's disabled public figure, but he is a public figure. At which point, And this is what Mike Ward's... Uh, point is trying to be he's like look he's a public figure i can make fun of public figures like what it's out of line so the and the parents are like well he's getting bullied because of this and you're like look if you're a kid who's disabled and you're singing with celine dion and you're like 12 you're getting bullied you're getting made fun of i don't know if people remember what it's like to be 12 years old but your friends are not like oh cool this to say the disabled kids singing with celine dion like that is grounds for bullying the only thing worse could be if he was gay too like like other than that you're like you are getting bullied to the fucking max so this this case has reached the supreme court of canada and he now him and his lawyer because he said he's like i'm not paying this and he has a lot of money because he's famous in quebec so he's like i'm not paying this and now he's in quebec uh arguing in front of the Supreme Court of Canada that he shouldn't have to pay this money and that he has this right to tell this joke. And so in Canada, like we don't have absolute free speech like they do in America where you can basically say whatever the fuck you want. Like in Canada, there are, and again, I don't know if you know, like I did this free speech comedy show kind of as like a joke about all this stuff. And, you know, people broke the locks of the venue, but we don't have true free speech in Canada. It doesn't exist there. And so he's currently, I don't know what the, the they haven't like, uh, come to a conclusion, but he had to go in front of the Supreme Court, in front of like you know I don't know nine people, seven people, something like that, just a bunch of old people, and he and like you just have to like you know argue the merits of a joke that you told ten fucking years ago, and so and like 
from the sounds of it, if if they find him guilty, like he says, he's like, I'm not paying it. Like I'm just out of principle. So like, were they going to put him in jail over a literal joke? I mean, it might come to it. Like it's it's it sounds like it's possible. I don't know if he really wanted, but but like you know, part part of the case like against him is they're like, oh well, he was made fun of, and you're like, he was. You think he wasn't getting made fun of at school before this comedian started doing a joke about him in a club? Like, it wasn't on TV. It was, like, in a nightclub. Like, what kids are hanging out in fucking comedy clubs? So, but it's it's crazy that that's to the point. It, good for him that he had the money. Apparently, it's like he spent a quarter of a million dollars or something on his lawyer just to get to this place. So, he's really digging in. Um But he, uh oh, no, sorry. Yeah, so the, he, he took it to the Quebec Court of Appeal. That um, and he lost in a two to one decision in 2019, and so now it's at the Supreme Court of Canada, and it's just absurd. Like you know that that's what they're doing is and like imagine you have a kill like the joke is obviously like whatever it's it's it was maybe a really funny joke in 2010, but like comedy changes. But like what if it was such a funny joke that they're like you know they're clearly because you know com- laughing's involuntary. Like imagine they're like telling the joke and then all these Supreme Court justices start laughing and then at which point they would be like uh. Because that would be the ultimate. You're like, yeah, not guilty. It's, dude, we find you funny as shit, Mike Ward. Adjourned. Uh, but it's a weird one that in Canada. I mean, I know this happened in Scotland with that dude. Uh, what's that guy's name? Not big. I want to say big Alaska, but not big Alaska. Uh, fuck, sorry. I, I follows him on Twitter. Can't remember his name. Count Ankula. Count Ankula had that thing where, in Scotland where he. Uh, he made his pug do the Nazi salute on YouTube, and then they almost wanted to throw him in jail, and he had to get fined. But I don't think he got to the Supreme Court. This is like the Supreme Court of Canada are talking about whether a joke is tasteful or not. God damn it. I hope they don't hear half of my act, because that would be not good. Okay. That has been this week's episode. I'm sorry it was late, uh, but thank you, everyone, for listening. We will be back next week as per always i'll be in florida i'm going back to florida thank god i cannot wait i'm fucking so over in new york right now it's freezing here um but i'll be in florida not that that matters to you but if you want to win this nba top shot thing which is currently worth three dollars but by the time and i'm going to announce it on uh before I release next week's episode. So I'll announce it on the winner on next week's episode. Here we go. I'm, f- I'm figuring this whole thing out. So next week's episode, I'm going to announce the winner of the Jeremy Grant NBA Top Shot. I will send it to you on the blockchain. Hopefully someone wants it. I'll feel like a fucking asshole if nobody wants this thing at all. But I'll tweet about it too. So I'm sure somebody will want it. But anyways, Jeremy Grant NBA Top Shot up for grabs. Like and subscribe to the thing. And then... uh Leave a comment on YouTube and someone will get uh, NBA, uh, Jeremy Grant NBA Top Shot, which is worth, I said $3, but it's not worth $3. It's worth $10. And I bet, it'll, I bet you by next week it'll be worth $20. Uh, or maybe not. Maybe it will be worth zero. I don't fucking know. Anyways, bye everybody. Peace. Peace.